this week on the Wager Pager podcast. The Buffalo Bills won last Sunday and pulled off the biggest NFL upset since 1995. We'll tell you how much a few bettors actually wagered on the Bills to lose. Ouch. What could be sports gambling's next biggest sport to wager on? We'll tell you what that could be. And this week we are joined by the great Gil Alexander. He's the host of Beating the Book podcast and VEASAN's host for a numbers game on Sirius XM. And finally, former Marist College defensive back and current wager payer sports gambling analyst Jimmy Dice Rulin returns to recap our picks from last week and make our selections for college football week five and NFL week four. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. Here we go. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Wager Pager Podcast, where we talk about everything in the world of sports gambling news and give out picks and analysis. I'm your host, Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter at the Wager Pager, and I'm here with my lovely girlfriend and co-host Mercedes Barba. And why didn't we bet the Bills money line on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in line. Hey, guys, Mercedes Barba here. You can follow me on Twitter at Mercedes Bianca. All right, guys. So for today's show, so. As you know, big, big news in the sports betting world, the Buffalo Bills pulled off a stunning upset in last Sunday's game against the Minnesota Vikings. It's the biggest upset since 1995. I mean, the Bills nailed it. You know, they beat the Vikings 27 to 6. And it killed everyone's knockout pool. Right. So the Buffalo Bills went into the game as a 16 and a half point underdog. And early in the second quarter of the game, the Bills led 24-0. It was crazy. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that score coming across. So going into last Sunday's game, the Bills were actually an 8-1 to underdog on the money line for them to just win outright. And they actually had the league's worst odds to win the Super Bowl, which was 2,000-1. to Really? Yeah, that was going into <laughs> the game. And as... You know, Chris just mentioned, we know a lot of you guys out there are actually cursing the Bills right now, since I'm sure a lot of you had the Vikings to win in your knockout pools. <laughs> so, sorry about that, guys. Um, well, another better in Vegas actually thought the same thing. According to a tweet by ESPN Chalks, David Purdom. Friend of the pod. Yep. One better at the Westgate Superbook placed $9,000 on the money line for the Vikings to win. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, the payout would have been... Just 450 bucks on $9,000. Totally. totally not worth it. Totally yeah, not worth yeah. it. Yeah. So there was another better that placed $18,000 on the Vikings, okay? Which would have won him just $1,000. Crazy, right? That's ridiculous. So MGM director Jeff Stoneback told ESPN that the Bills' upset was, quote, the biggest win of the morning. So the South Point Sportsbook took $2,000 Moneyline bets at plus 1100 and plus 1200 for the Bills to win. Each bet turned into $12,000 and $11,000, respectively. Yeah, I heard uh, Chris Andrews talking about that with Gil on uh, Guess the Numbers Monday. Yeah, nuts. All right, guys, did you know that soccer is the most bet sport in the world? And Americans gamble the most on American football. No. Guess what? The second most gambled sport in the world is tennis. You can ask our buddy Atwell Capper about that. <laughs> He's a big tennis yeah. handicapper. But an article that was dropped by Fortune this week says that sports executives are hoping another sport will be sports gambling's next biggest thing, and that is golf. 
Although golf historically has not attracted many betters to the window, the idea that 78 players could be playing at any given time makes the sport more engaging. This could create more crazy odds and different outcomes and insane probabilities within the sport. This is just speculation at the moment, so we'll see if this takes off. And it looks like that is the case because we have the big showdown on, no on November 23rd. Uh, Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods for the $10 million. And Tiger is currently sitting at minus 220. I think it opened at minus 130. Wow. I saw a friend of the pod, Bill Crackman Krakenberger, got a ticket in last month at minus 130. That dude always gets the best number. Nice. Um, it's already shot off to 220 after Tiger's big win last week. All right, guys, we have a really cool guest this week. He's one of our favorite sports betting personalities. Here is Gil Alexander. Hey guys, we have a real treat for you this week. You may know our guest as the pioneer of the sports gambling podcast scene. He is the host of Beating the Book podcast, which consistently cracks the iTunes Top 100 sports category. He is a sports betting expert and host of VSIN's A Numbers Game on Sirius XM. We welcome to the Wager Pager podcast, Gil Alexander. Hey, what's up, Gil? Uh, it's weird to hear you coming on without Q-tip and a vibrant thing, but welcome to the show. <laughs> Uh, it's my, it's like my uh, music follows me. It's my intro music all the way around. It's funny people hear it places. I guess in their lives when they come and go places, and a few times they've said to me, "They go, I, I couldn't understand what was happening. I felt like for a second I didn't get that I wasn't listening to the podcast." So <laughs> I think I probably, I probably owe Q-Tip some money, probably as well. <laughs> hey, I won't say anything if you don't. Yeah, please. Please don't. I, I would appreciate it. I come, thank you guys for. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, it's our pleasure, man. Um, I come from that era. I really like that song, so it's very cool. Um, <laughs> so let's get right into it. Um, for our listeners who aren't familiar with you, why don't you tell us a little bit about your personal story and how you got involved in the sports betting industry? Um, you know, I guess I, I have a similar story, a similar story to many that that end up betting sports, not necessarily who end up having a podcast or a show, but. Um, you know, I was that kid in school at a very young age who, you know, without anybody sort of suggesting for me to do it, some, somehow I gravitated towards being the kid that ran the pool in school, uh, betting pool. <laughs> I would collect, you know, I would collect $2. You know, I was like a little pitcher collecting $2 for everybody, getting the, you know, collecting their NFL picks every weekend. And then I would pay out the winner, and my take was I got to have a free pool. You know, I made it work for me, so I didn't have to pay anything. And if I won, I won. Uh, and that's kind of how it started. And I always remembered being scared that a teacher would catch me. And then finally, like three, four years into it, a teacher did. And their reaction was, how do I get in on this pool? So I, I was sort of hooked at that point. Um, and, you know, and then I was, as an adult, I was in radio, but like in music radio. And then when podcasting started in 2005, I was getting a little too old maybe to do hip-hop, or at least I felt I was getting too old to do it, which kind of in retrospect is kind of funny now, but um, I sort of reinvented myself. I, I recognized that this technology was super powerful because even though I had maybe, you know, five listeners the first time I actually podcasted something, one was in Germany and one was in Florida and it was all over the world, and I remember just thinking, oh my God, like, we take that so for granted now, but when that first happened in two 2005, I remember thinking, this is the greatest, like, oh, my God, do people know about this? And I would wow. mess around with podcasting for, for five years. I really started doing it regularly and seriously. I guess 
from 2010 till now, I, I have never stopped. And 2010 was still the very primitive ages of podcasting. And the point is, is that I basically took my childhood interest of betting on sports and decided I was going to reinvent myself. And I was going to do it, I think most, most importantly, I was going to do it honestly. It was an industry that was just filled with charlatans who would only tell you when they won and they would lie about how much they won. And I just decided I was going to talk about, you know, when I lost too. And I was going to really try to approach sports betting from a, you know, not to be corny about it, but try to do it from a cerebral standpoint and try to do it uh, with some analysis. And so, uh, you know, long story short, I guess it's already long, but that that's how I started the podcast. And that the podcast led me to many years later, it should be pointed out. I don't want to, like, reduce my life of six years doing a podcast into one sentence, but that's what led me to VEASAN. Right on, right on. Uh, you're definitely a pioneer in the industry. So what actually inspired the concept for, for beating the book, and how did that all ha- go down? Um, well, uh, you know, the first year we, the first year I did beating the book, there was, a, you know, I, I podcasted year-round. So to me, podcasting, at least in sports betting, it's football season and everything else. And I think everything else, right. uh, like, I, like I tell people, is I could do the greatest baseball show ever. I could do the greatest horse racing episode ever, whatever it is. Let's say I did the greatest episode that was ever created ever on earth. It's still only going to get a certain amount of listens. It's just how it works. And football is a totally different animal. Football, you know, everybody who you, who, who you run into every day has an opinion on that. And the two shows that I realized very quickly that I wanted to do on a regular basis every week during football season was a guessing line show, which was a tribute, not my idea, a tribute to an old Stardust radio show here in Vegas uh, that Roxy Roxborough used to do. It's just a legendary show about the first, the opening of the lines and them guessing what they are and extracting value from it. And we do it a little differently, but that's how that idea sprung. That, you know, there was no one really doing a modern-day version quite like that. And then the Megapod was just, you know, just, I don't know, fate, I guess. I was not in the place I wanted to be, but I met two guys there who are also not in the place they wanted to be. And our, I don't know if the word is chemistry or just stupidity or ridiculousness of our interaction. So it's more entertainment, uh, you know, but as long as you're actually providing information, people enjoy, people love the entertainment as well. So the Megapod was based on a, just sort of, let's, let's talk about football games at a round table. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to give my opinion. I want to hear everybody's different opinion, and I want to hear people's different approaches to to handicapping football. One person does it situationally. One person has access to accounts, you know, of sharp betters that they peer into. Uh, and I think if you add a, a rotating guest, that's just a great format. So that's how the Megapod came to be. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, we had your boy Chris Andrews on actually last <laughs> week. Uh, it was an honor, and we really, we really like guessing the numbers. It's one of our favorite podcasts. He is, as I'm sure you guys learned very quickly. Chris is, he's one of these guys where I always say, I go, you know, I have all my friends. We speak an insta language of uh, of sports betting, and so we're all sort of insta friends. Chris would have been my friend no matter when I met him in life, no matter what I was doing. I just such a wonderful guy, a sweet guy, uh, who's just the funniest, uh, most caring, um, just a great human being. So I am, there's, there's not enough I can say about him. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, tell us how you got involved with Vision to begin with and what it's, what it's like working with a legend like Brent Musburger. Well, Vision was because of Chris. So it's funny that we segue from him. Um, Chrissy was on my guessing lines 
you know, week after week for a few seasons. And, you know, I think it was like the second or third season we were doing it. And, you know, story time, his story time is just so wildly popular that I think what we're going to do with those is send them to UNLV. UNLV has this archive department where it's sort of like a audio history of Vegas. And I think we're going to donate to them because they're just so good. But anyway, like one of the, well, one week in the middle of football season, he sort of casually said to me, he goes, hey, just to let you know there's something going on over here. I can't really tell you. But, you know, that's what he was saying to me. I can't really tell you, but, you know, just to let you know, it could be something. I'm like, oh, all right. You know, what do you say to somebody who says that? So vaguely. Right on. And then, it, he, he, and then it, he would come, you know, he brought it up again one year, but it wasn't really. And then the whole year went by, and then last, was the year before last, it really started gaining steam. He said, hey, just to let you know, this is who it, this is who was doing it, the Musburger family. It's going to be here at the South Point. Wow. They want to start a Sirius XM satellite radio station, and when we do story time next week, they're going to be in the back office listening to us. I'm like, uh, wow, no pressure there. Anyway, that's how I got right it. Up. You know, that's how from that, you know, it didn't happen for a year or two, and then when it happened, it happened very quickly. And I never thought I'd move to Vegas, but that's why I moved here. Wow, man, that is so cool. Must definitely be a dream job, to say the least. <laughs> it is. You know, I, I never thought I'd live here. I never thought I'd live here. But living in Vegas, you know, as long as you don't have a listen, as long as you don't have a drinking habit, or you're not doing blow five nights a week. You know, if you're not, if you're not <laughs> succumbing to the worst part of Vegas, it's a great place to live. Yeah. Hey, Gil, where are you from originally? Washington D.C. Oh, right, right on. I saw your three one zero number, so. <laughs> Oh, my, my slanky L.A. phone number? Yeah, I'm like, where's he from, Long Beach? <laughs> yeah, no, I was living in the Bay Area. I lived most of my adult life in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And I was, at the time I was married, and I remember my wife was taking a uh, an acting class in L.A. And when I went, this was like the early days of cell phones. And when I went to um to get a, a cell phone in L.A., I was like, well, can you give me a 415 area code? Because that's what San Francisco is. And they were like, well, we don't... We've run out of those. Like that's yeah. literally what they told me. Oh we don't God. have any. Yeah, and so they're like, "You want to? Do you want an East Bay five one zero? I was like, "Hell no, I don't want that." So the guys <laughs> ended up with a three one zero. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Very cool. We've uh, we've also had on your boy Bill Bill Crackman Crackenberger. Oh, yeah. I know you have him and Warren Sharp on a lot. What's it like w- working with industry pros like that? And maybe if you could touch on your connection with that legendary Roxy Roxborough. Uh, well, Crackman, as you guys, as you guys learned very quickly, I'm sure he's larger than life, right? He's like yeah. working out of central casting. Like if you could, if you could create a gambler, that might be who you create. Um, yeah, he's so but, awesome. But Bill is a. Can I tell you something? He's a. He's a super nice guy. Like I always, I would tell people the word I always use is he's a super cuddly guy. He's, you know, some people might be taken aback by him at first. But he's really a genuinely great guy who really wants the best for the industry. And, you know, he gets knocked sometimes by people like, oh, he's always complaining about this book and that book and the other book. But you know what? It comes from a great place. It really does. And he really yeah. just does want a fair shake for all gamblers. So uh, I couldn't oh, yeah. say enough about him. And um, That's information the gamblers need, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm super thankful that he's on the show every week. And then Warren, who Bill, uh, those guys are – Total, totally betting with each other. Warren is um, 
you know, I've said all these years, I'm like, oh, listen, dude, I don't even know why you're betting. Like, just go work for an NFL team already. Uh, he's that talented <laughs> really? in what he does. You know, football, though, is his passion, and that's what he, he wants to do full-time. He's just uh, he's a great mind, and, you know, his Twitter follow on Sharp Football, at Sharp Football, is just tremendous. And then Roxy is a guy who I met through Chris Andrews. And Roxy's one of these guys that I'd heard about for years and years and years, um, legendary founder of Las Vegas Sports Consultants. And I just – I don't get to see Roxy that often. I probably see him maybe a handful of times every year. But I will tell you that some of my greatest Vegas memories are having dinner with Roxy and a group of people and just listening to Roxy tell stories. He is such a unique character. And that, that by the way, and I'll just wrap it up my babbling with this, I think that's the biggest thing about taking the job at Vegas at this time. Roxy and Chrissy – Jimmy Vaccaro, all these guys, but they're not getting any younger. And I think, you know, when one day, you know, God forbid it's too soon, but one day, you know, at some point they're not going to be here. And I don't think Vegas, at least, is never going to be the same. Yeah. What an honor to uh, be able to work with Vegas legends like that on a daily basis, man. Uh, oh, dude, right, let's... so blessed. So blessed. All right, why don't we shift gears just into a little shop talk here. Um some of our listeners are newer to the sports gambling field, so we do like to touch on things like this. Why don't uh, you talk to us a little bit about the value of look-ahead lines and also beating the closing number? Um, value, well, I'll take the second one first. Um, the value of beating the closing line right up here. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm taking a uh, I'm taking a, uh, Uber, and I'm about to get dropped off, so I apologize that I'm uh, – Oh, it's totally cool. I'm oh, multitasking. Totally cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The value of beating the closing line, I would say this, the value of being closing the line, you know, um, here's how offshore bookmakers define a sharp uh, bet. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Sorry, sorry doing an interview in the middle of all that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Uber. Sh- shout out to Uber. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, uh, you know, offshore bookmakers define sharp bettors by the rate at which you beat the closing line. So in other words, if I go 25-0 and 0 and Mercedes goes 13-12 and 12 in the same 25 games, but Mercedes is beating the closing line at a much higher rate than I am, predictably moving forward, they will much more consider Mercedes to be a sharper better than they would my 25-0, and 0, even though I haven't missed a game. Because they would look right. at me and they'd be like, well, he just got kind of lucky over the short term. But moving forward, she's much more likely to be successful than I would be. So that's in a perfect market, it should be stressed, that's the definition of a sharp better. Now, sharp betters use multiple accounts, and so sometimes you can't really tell if they're doing one thing at one book and another thing at another. So it's not perfect, but if it was a perfect vacuum, that's what the definition uh, of a sharp better would be. So that's that's the importance of beating the closing line. You really, the more often you do that, the more successful you're going to be. As far as look-ahead lines, you know, look-ahead lines, I would say, are somewhat instructive. I wouldn't go too crazy about them. You know, look-ahead lines, it depends. I mean, how far ahead are we looking? There are, there are lines posted, let's say, in football season in April or May by CG Technology. And then once we're in season, obviously, there's going to be a lot of difference in those lines based on injury, based on perception, based on any number of factors. They can be instructive, though, when you think that, that, oh, that there's an overreaction involved, right? So if something moves 
nine points, and you think, well, I mean, I see why it should move some, but good Lord, nine points? Let's not get crazy. Let's remember what that, you know, look-ahead line was. Or even from week to week, right, the Westgate puts out a look-ahead line for the following week in the NFL. I think that's even more instructive because if something moves tremendously just from week to week, it's a real sign of, unless there's injury, unless some key player has gone out, oftentimes or most bettors are, are susceptible to recency. They really buy into what they've seen last. And so in that respect, I think look-ahead lines can be very instructive with your bets, very, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah very cool. That brings me uh, right into my next question, actually. Uh, you talk a lot about confirmation bias and uh, betting with humility. Can you explain to the bettors what this means? Yeah, I was just talking about the other day, I guess, on the radio, because uh, me and my buddy are sharing a uh, Super Contest classic entry. I do gold on my own, and we're sharing a classic entry together. He, by the way, was like, ah, oh, why are you playing classic? Why are you playing gold? You're wasting your money. I was like, you want to share a classic? He's like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up betting with him. And so the other day, we went three and two in our classic entry, and he was sort of chirping about it. And I was like, dude, come on, man. We could have, we could have just been 0 and 5 just as easily. You know, not that I, not that I wasn't happy about our 3 and 2, but I was just like, come on, dude. Like, you can't, and I think he was particularly happy because his pick, the way we split up the picks, did much better than mine this particular week. So I was like, okay, dude, let's, let's just analyze what just happened. You know, one game we could have just as easily lost here, there, the other, and he just saw it completely differently, right? He was like, no, we were the right side on all of them except for this. I was like, oh, wow. Confirmation, and he, by the way, it should be mentioned, is like the most successful better I know. He is really? super sharp, as sharp as they come. And okay. even he, and I think this is the really instructive part about about betting. Even the best betters, there's a there's an old expression that Chris told me once. Chrissy, who's been bookmaking in Nevada for 35 years, he said, "Everybody's got a leak." everybody's got right. a leak, which I think is a great expression. And so my buddy, who, again, greatest better I know, but his leaks, he has two leaks. One is this unbelievable confirmation bias where when he's right, it's him, and when he's wrong, something else went wrong, right? That's the first thing. Mm. We tend as human beings, mm. even beyond sports betting, to 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 confirm our bias. That's, that's what it is. And, and so he believes that, when it's good, it's him. When it's not, it's not. Not not every time, but most of the time. And the other thing is this notion of even the most casual better chasing, like on a Sunday night. He's so mm-hmm. good at what he does that if he's if if God forbid he's having a losing day, I mean, just can you believe it? How dare he have a losing day? His <laughs> ego will be so offended by that that he will chase like nobody's been. So you know, it's just yeah. I, it's just I know the feeling. And the reason, yeah. So this is why I love. It's why I love sports betting so much, right? Because it's a reflection of the human condition. Like, you can apply the same emotions that dictate people's behavior in sports betting to so many different things that we do in any form of, you know, any any other parts of our lives that we happen to be engaged in. The same sort of human weaknesses apply. And that's why I find, find it so fascinating. Very cool, man. I I agree 100%. So moving on uh, from sharp bettors, why don't we talk about some wild betting that, that's been going on in Las Vegas. What's up with this guy, the duffel bag boy? Have you seen him lately, and what's his deal? I'm not probably the person to talk to about him. Um, the guys that precede me on Eric Beeson, Mitch, and Paulie have been much closer to that story than I have. 
But apparently some dude okay. who carries his money around in a duffel bag, thus duffel bag boy, um, <laughs> cleverly named. Quite the name. Uh, yeah, he's just making all kinds of massive bets all around town, and they're typically parlays. And they're typically parlays that involve, well, this last week, I think he lost, you know, at least a quarter of a million dollars on parlays that all happen to involve, regardless of what the other legs were, all happen to involve the Minnesota Vikings laying 16 and a half at home against Buffalo Bills. Uh. <laughs> and we all know that that didn't go so yeah, well. Yeah, The survival so, you know, killer of killers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. By the way, I was smart enough not to pick him, and then I picked Houston. So, stupid me, right? Like, I thought <laughs> how clever I was. I'm not going to pick Minnesota. Watch me. And I just I lost it. Um, so, but betting is humbling. It really is. So that, I mean, I don't really know much more about Duffel Bag Boy. The only other thing that I know is that he seems to have an endless supply of money. And okay. according to at least one bookmaker in town, so according to uh, Nick Bogdanovich of William Hill, he does believe, now that may have changed after these last couple of weeks, I'm not sure. But at least up until a couple of weeks ago, he said this guy was up lifetime on him. Really? So, yeah, so maybe he's not all bad. Maybe he's just having a bad stretch. I don't know. Yeah, well, sounds like we need more information on this duffel boy. Maybe you should go to Vegas and track him down. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that was, once again, guys, that was Gil Alexander. He is the OG sports gambling podcaster. He's a host of Beating the Book and ho- host of V-Sins, a numbers game on Sirius XM. You can follow Gil on Twitter at Beating the Book. Gil, thank you so much for joining us today. Seriously, you're amazing. It was such a great conversation. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me, truly. All right, guys, we welcome back to the pod Jimmy Dice Rulin, former Marist College defensive back. Jimmy, thanks so much for being with us again today. Thanks, Chris. Mercedes, uh, always a blast to join you guys on the Wager Pager podcast. Let's do it. What's up, my guy? Um, I'm pretty pretty stoked about how the season's going so far. We could have easily launched this podcast and came out of the gate losing, but we uh, – had our head above water for the first two weeks. We were making some money in the last two weeks. So before we dive in, let's quickly recap our picks from last week. In college football, I went 3-2 and two with my official picks for the podcast. I had winners with Ohio plus 7, Missouri plus 14.5, and, and Florida International plus 26.5, and, and losers with Louisiana Monroe plus 5, and Florida Atlantic plus 13.5. But as we always say on the podcast every week, make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Wager Pager for any added plays that we are putting in throughout the days. Uh, I went two and two on my added plays. I won with Kentucky at plus ten, Arizona State plus eighteen, and lost with Oregon plus three and a half. That was a heartbreaker, <laughs> and Air Force plus nine and a half. So two and two in those. How'd you do in college last week? Actually, I, I, I did pretty well, my friend. Uh, uh, with my college plays on my best bets, I was 4-1. Uh, unfortunately, Illinois couldn't pull. 4-1? Yeah, dude, 4-1, baby. Uh, uh, and I, I think it should have been 5-0. and You know, Illinois in that game against Penn State and then gives up 35 points in the fourth quarter, and I'm down by four. So, But anyways. Uh, can't win them all, uh, but you know I can win most of them. That's my, my my focus. So, so yeah, man. So my winners were Wisconsin, FIU, Missouri, and Eastern Michigan. Uh, for my parlay, uh, uh, I won with ASU and FSU. So there's a little nice bonus for me right there. Uh, but unfortunately, my money dog did not win. Uh, with me going with Air Force, 
uh, and just straight out losing that game bad. So, but uh, that's how I did with my uh, last week's picks for college. I forgot you hit that two game parlay. What was the odds on that? Uh, it was two forty to uh, two forty. So I mean, a nice little payout. So hell yeah. All right, guys, so let's dive right in. We're going to do our nickel package of college plays. It's the guys' five best bets. All right, Chris, you want to take it away? All right, dude, let's kick it off here. I'm going to take Texas Tech plus four at home. You know it. First West Virginia (laughs) minus four. (laughs) If you check them out on scores and odds right now, Texas Tech is receiving 47% of the money. So n- nothing great, kind of an even split. But over on Action Network, they are receiving 45% of the tickets and 59% of the money. That's a plus 14% differential. Texas Tech is a newly ranked top 25 team. They looked really good beating up on Oklahoma State last week. And this is West Virginia's first road test of the season. All right, Chris. So for my first play of uh, the day, it's going to be Army getting 8.5 against Buffalo. I know everyone's going to say, you know, it's public money. Everyone saw that they almost beat up on uh, beat Oklahoma on cover. 66% of the money right now is going on Army, but this line opened up at five is now at seven and a half. So just kind of weird how most of the public is on that, but yet that line is still high. So I'll take Army plus uh, right now eight and a half uh, at my line. So and uh, getting this win. Yeah, you're right. Uh, looks like a little bit of reverse line movement there. Good call. Good call. So it's just it's just weird how that kind of points out. But then like these last two games, these two uh, have been evenly matched. So I just think eight and a half is way too much for uh, Buffalo to give. So I'll take those points. Right on. Moving on here, uh, my second play in the nickel package is uh, a 3:30 p.m. kickoff. I'm taking. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Panthers, plus 14 versus Central Florida. Central Florida is at home. They have a uh, pretty nice winning streak going on over there. They are 50-20 and 20 all-time at home at Bright House Network Stadium, but they're only 1-11 versus Power 5 Constant Foes. They are uh, receiving 24% of the tickets, according to Action Network, but 44% of the money. That's plus 20% differential. A lot of sharp money coming in on Pittsburgh. Yes, the quarterback for UCF, Mackenzie Milton from Hawaii. Hawaii putting out a lot of good quarterbacks recently. Is looking pretty good, but I'm just going to go against this trend, and I they got to come back down to earth at some point, right? For me, uh, my second game uh, this week, Chris, is going to be Vatek versus Duke. Uh, in Duke, uh, I'm actually going to take these five points with Vatek. Uh, I know they had a, a pretty uh, hard loss last week against Old Dominion. Um, yeah. But I, I personally think that was a definitely uh, look-ahead game because uh, they knew Duke was going to be up and coming, one of the better teams in this conference this year. Um, and Vatek, you know, had that early one against FSU, but now they need to kind of make uh, Vatek having to uh, come back and make some noise. So uh, I like Vatek getting five points against Duke in this uh, conference game. little bounce-back spot there. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, and also Duke, you know, they're riding high. They're doing well this season, but I think Vodtech was really preparing last week for this game, so they better get this. All right, dude, let's uh, roll on here. This is my third pick of our nickel package here, college football best bets. You know I'm going to do it. I'm a sucker for betting these primetime games. 7.30 p.m. kick. I'm taking Penn State plus 3.5 versus the Buckeyes in the whiteout game. I think, uh, you know, Penn State lost last year in a game-winning field goal of 148 left. And you know what that means to me? That's a major revenge factor. 
This is the Buckeyes' first Big Ten road test. Um, you know, 44% of the tickets coming in on Action Network, 53% of the money. So it looks like a little couple big tickets coming in there, nothing crazy. But I just love this spot. Penn State at home. Beaver Stadium's going to be rocking. We'll see what's going on. Ur- Urban Meyer controversy and all that bullshit. Guy's a scumbag. I was just about to say, what do you think about Urban Meyer first game back? I'm going to fade his ass. Anyone who plays a part in uh, covering up domestic abuse is never receiving any uh, support from me. For for my third game, Chris, uh, I'm also going a big marquee game. Uh, I'm going to take Stanford in the points against Notre Dame. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, what I like about this is the dog is 6-0 and straight in the last six games ATS. Um, Stanford had that, you know, huge comeback against Oregon last week when everyone thought they were dead in the water. So uh, I just think, you know, Stanford wins this game and they can uh, do some pretty good damage in the, the top 25 and uh, keep their name possibly in that playoff running. So uh, I'll take Stanford five and a half. Uh, potential money dog too, but I'll take those points. No doubt. I might have to tell you on that. That's that's a pretty, pretty nice looking pick there. All right, my fourth play here for our nickel package. You know I'm dog crazy. I pretty much pick all dogs every week in college, at least. I'm going with Ole Miss, plus 11. I think LSU is one of the most overrated teams in the country right now. Yes, I was kind of on their train the first couple weeks. There was value there, but I think everyone's now bought in, and they're not as good as everyone thinks. I think it's time to fade fade LSU here. I still love the Ole Miss QB. And I'm not going to butcher his name again like, like I did last time, but uh, I just think LSU is overrated, man. It's SEC conference play. Anything can happen. 9.15 p.m. kick. Ole Miss, plus 11. Book it. So for me, I'm also going to go with an SEC uh, battle. I'm going to take uh, Kentucky at home uh, at minus one and a half right now. believe this line started them off as a dog about one point, one and a half. So the dog is four and one ATS. So who's the dog in this? But uh, I like the fact that Kentucky's five and zero oh, ATS last five games. And Kentucky's uh, making a name for themselves kind of uh, going through that uh, their schedule right now. So uh, this, I think this is really South Carolina's uh, first big game, but Kentucky uh, looks to continue with their winning ways. So I'll take uh, Kentucky uh, minus one and a half. No doubt. Yeah, Kentucky's looked real good this year. I like that play. So what do you got for your fifth pick, Chris? All right, rounding out the nickel package here, I'm going with another home dog. San Jose State plus 11 and a half versus the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. And set the alarms. Arf, arf, arf. This is my outright money dog winner as well. Plus 330 on the kickback. I'm going with the Spartans, dude. San Jose State is off of a bye. There's only a five-point differential if you look it up on Jeff Sagarin, the old-school power rankings chart. Only five-point difference. I'll take the 11-and-a-half. It had a much tougher time than expected versus Duquesne, which is actually an FCS school. So, yeah, man, I'm taking San Jose State plus 11-and-a-half, 7 p.m. Saturday night, a little earlier than Hawaii is used to playing San Jose State. I will add that I had Duquesne last week against Hawaii as one of my late-night leans. So uh, thanks for that one, guys. Uh, for me, Joe, Chris, uh, my fifth game uh, is going to be Cal, home dog, getting three against Oregon. Um, I think Oregon in this spot, uh, huge disappointing loss. I think that's a little bit of a hangover. Uh, Oregon wins that game against Stanford. Uh, they probably go on to uh, win this conference. Uh, so I think it's just a little bit, 
letdown game for them again. Uh, right now, uh, Cal's five and one, their last five conference games. Uh, they're eight and two ATS, their last home games. Uh, and right now, Oregon is, uh, 0 and four and, and, uh, games in September and on turf. So, uh, I like Cal home dog getting three points. All right, baby. That's the nickel package. Our five best bets. Um, all right, so I, I already got my money dog in there. What's your outright money dog winner of the week in college? Chris, I think you might like this one. Uh, this also is another SEC uh, battle. Uh, I am going to take Florida. They're getting seven and a half, but this is my yeah. money dog. This is my play to get back on the winning ways. Uh, last two I lost, so uh, looking to come back. Um, but this is the reason why I'm liking it. Uh, this is Dan Mullen's first year away from Mississippi State. So this this was a personal game for Dan Mullen beginning of the season. He probably circled this, you know, just to kind of be like, I know these guys, these are team, uh, players that I've recruited. So he's going to know these guys' weaknesses and strengths better than any team. Uh, and I think the fact that they're getting seven and a half um, is huge. So I see Florida pulling an upset and uh, getting getting back there. So Yeah, dude. Dude, I'm definitely going to tell you on that. I was looking at that game originally, but I always get uh, pretty scared off when there's a lot of public money on a dog. But everything you just laid out there sounds pretty convincing, um, especially the money line there. I might have to sprinkle something on that with you. And this is another thing to add on that, Chris. Uh, you said you're fading LSU. Well, guess what? Mississippi State has LSU next week, so that is still considered a big game. So that could be a potential look-ahead game. Uh, for Mississippi State, now don't get me wrong, you don't look ahead of Florida at the schedule for them. And uh, I think uh, this is huge. So. Right on. Cool. All right, guys, nice picks. Uh, but what about any other games? Are there any leans you guys are looking at? Anything you want to, you know, link together in a two-team parlay? <laughs> you know, you don't have to convince us to parlay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, it's fun when you're up and you're playing with house money, a couple bucks here, 10, 20 bucks here and there. It's fun. We don't recommend a steady diet of parlaying. Always make sure the majority of your plays are straight bets. Yeah, it's just basically like Mercedes said, a couple games I was actually thinking about putting in my in my nickel package, but just, just not you know 100% confident, so I'm just going to parlay them instead. I'm taking Northwestern plus 11. I know Michigan is nice, but uh, that's a that's a home dog there again. Michigan is looking pretty tough, but I, I don't know why. That, that's kind of a hunch play there. I'm going to roll over to Utah, plus two versus Washington State. I think uh, Washington State is ripe for a little letdown spot here after a big win versus USC last Friday night. So Utah, plus two to Northwestern, plus 11. Let's parlay it, see what happens. Oh, nice. That's your parlay. So I might have to reconsider one of my leans. I, I was liking Washington State, so we'll probably have to talk about that a little bit more. But uh, good luck with that. I, I definitely like that two-team that you got going. So for uh, so my two-team parlay, Chris, uh, I'm going to take Virginia plus five against NC State. Um, right now, you know, Virginia is doing pretty well for themselves. Right now they're 6-0 ATS in September, uh, where NC State is 0-4 ATS last uh, four home – at four games as a home favorite. So uh, I like Virginia plus five. And I'm going to take Kansas State at home uh, at getting eight and a half. So home dog in this. Uh, right now you got Texas sandwich game between TCU last week and then they got Oklahoma next week. Uh, and nice. right now 
And right now the visitor is as four and fourteen their last eighteen matches, and the home team is five and oh uh, last five uh, ATSs. So I like K State eight and a half and Virginia plus five for my two team parlay this week. All right, dude. Real quick before we dive in, let's recap our picks from last week in the NFL. Had a pretty good week in the NFL. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's probably gonna change. The tides will turn. NFL is impossible to beat, but. I've been doing pretty well so far this week. Um, on my official podcast plays last week, I was 3-1. and one. I hit on the Colts plus 7, the Saints plus 3, the Ravens minus 5.5, and, and lost on the Raiders plus 4.5. But with my added plays, and we always like to remind all the listeners to please follow us on Twitter and Instagram for any added plays because a lot of times we start winning and add in more plays, and we don't want you guys to miss out. I went 4-0 in my added plays. I hit Arizona plus 5.5, Giants on the money line, Detroit on Sunday Night Football plus 6.5, fading the public majorly on that move, and then Monday Night, Steelers money line. So overall 7-1 in NFL plays. Yeah, man, you killed it last week. I actually uh, piggybacked on uh, that uh, Detroit game and uh, the Arizona game. So uh, nice job, bro. Uh, for me, uh, I, I think it just did an average week. Uh, could have done better, but uh, I had some uh, nice wins. Also tailed uh, Chris on uh, the Saints and Indy, uh, but I lost on uh, Dallas. <laughs> they suck. And then uh, San Fran against KC. So um, I was 2-2 two and two, uh, for my NFL leans. Um, I was 3-2, and two, uh, but one of those I was kind of after talking to Chris. I, I, I liked it, so uh, – Looking for a bounce back and uh, a better winning percentage on uh, NFL this week. Cool. All right. So that's it for College Football Week 5. We are in four-down territory. Uh, the guys are going to pick their four best bets in the NFL. Jim, do you want to start it off? All right, Mercedes, I'm going to start it off. I'm actually going to fade my squad, the whack-ass Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they are absolutely horrible this year. Yeah, dude, that deserves, like, an infinity want wants They are horrible. Uh, Sean Lee's out. Never stay healthy, Sean Lee. Uh, you got an offensive line that can't open up any holes. They're one-dimensional. Dak Prescott needs to make plays, but you can't make plays with no wide receivers. So um, I'm just completely fading the Cowboys until they show me some. So I'm probably just probably bet against them every game this year. So, uh, but I'll take Detroit getting uh, three points against Dallas. But that's my first play, Chris. What do you got? All right, I like that. Uh, um, any chance I get to bet against the Cowboys, <laughs> I, I always like to do that. So I might join you. Um, my first play of a four-down territory here, NFL Week 4. I'm going with the Thursday night game. I know we're dropping this early tomorrow. We're going to get it out probably yeah, midday. So I got I to gotta play this. I cannot miss out on this game. It's a total bounce-back spot for the Minnesota Vikings, plus seven on the road in L.A. Yeah, L.A. Rams are everyone's d- darling right now. Everyone's picked to make it to the Super Bowl, but – just coming off a, a historical loss like that to the Buffalo Bills on the money line, I think Minnesota bounces back right here. And the Rams are great, but let's face it, they're getting to be overvalued in the market. I'll take the seven points, prime time, Thursday night, standalone game. Now, Chris, I'm definitely joining you on that. That was definitely one of my leans, was potentially one of my best bets, but um, I, I definitely like Minnesota in the bounce back game. I mean, they're probably, you know, unfortunately, that's the old look ahead, and I think they circled uh, this game and completely overlooked the Bills, and look what happened. So, uh, definite bounce back. So, I'll, I'll be there with you on this winning ticket. 
so Chris, for my second down uh, on these plays, uh, I was back and forth initially, uh, but then I'm going to take Tampa Bay getting three points. Uh, might change depending if uh, Winston goes. Uh, I'll have to probably reconsider it. But right now, if this magic is there, um, I'll, I'll ride with him uh, on this week. I mean, they played Pitt, Philly, and New Orleans, three playoff uh, potential teams beginning of the season. We got Chicago, who's doing well. Uh, you know, they're winning games, close games, but they played Green Bay, Seattle, and Arizona. So not really the, the killer's road that Tampa Bay has gone through. So um, I'm looking uh, to Chicago kind of coming back down to earth. Tampa Bay came down to earth this past uh, Monday. Uh, I know it's a short week, but uh, they're ready to – to move forward. So uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay uh, getting three points. The Fitz magic, baby. You think it's going to continue? So like I said, if Fitz magic's not there, I'm probably going to take Chicago then. All right. All right. Did you see that play after he scored that uh, touchdown to get him within reach? And he, he looked like he just did a growler, like coming out of a bathroom at Studio 54 or something. All right. My uh, second down here in four down territory, I'm going with something I don't like to normally do. It is an underdog play, but it's kind of a public play. I'm taking Cincinnati plus five and a half. Eighty-four percent of the money is on that side right now, according to scoresandodds.com. But if you check out Friends of the Pod ActionNetwork.com, fifty-seven percent of the tickets are written, but eighty-five percent of the money is coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a twenty-eight percent differential. That's a major red flag. Sharp money coming in on the Bengals, in my opinion. That's what the market is saying. Uh, Cincinnati is 6-2 and two against the spread of the last eight games as a dog, and the Falcons are banged up on defense. Cincinnati plus 5.5. Third down. Take it. All right, what you got? What you got? Third down, baby. Third and long. Uh, so my third and long, I'm going to take uh, Cleveland Browns getting three points uh, against Oakland. Uh, Oakland just has to show me something. I had some high hopes for them, but uh, I think the loss of Khalil Mack uh, was a little bit of a shocker and kind of put them in a little bit of a disarray. So, but right now Cleveland is four and one ATS in this series, and they're also four and one against AFC uh, um, West teams. So, uh, Baker Mayfield's going to bring his own magic. This is his first start. Uh, he's going to prove uh, why Cleveland picked him as number one. Uh, I think uh, he's got something. He's going to bring a spark to the city and as well as his team. And right now they have a solid defense, man. You know, for the past four or five years, uh, Cleveland's been stockpiling the top draft picks like the 76ers. So uh, I'll take Cleveland plus three against Oakland, um, a second-half baiting team. So uh, let's do this with my third down and third and long. Dude, uh, I got a little uh, conspiracy theory update here. I don't know if you've uh, seen on the information superhighway, but there's been some rumors circulating that – the reason that the Giants ended up taking Saquon Barkley with the number two pick is because they actually had their eye on Baker Mayfield. And when the Cleveland Browns came out of nowhere and surprised everyone and took him with the first pick, they were left with Saquon Barkley. What do you think about that? I actually heard that on the way home, uh, the theory on how the Giants had them. But but everyone's going to say that. So if, uh. if he does well, you know, but everyone's going to say, yeah, I had my eye on it. You know, why wouldn't right. you say that, you know? Like, if he does well, then you'd be, well, we had our eye on him, so that's why we took Barkley. So to kind of soften the blow on why you didn't get Sam Darnold. But, you know, you can push it either way. But I, I definitely can see that. But I like Baker Mayfield uh, moving forward and, and turning this team around. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. I, it could be a PR move, but I would just love to fucking see number six in big blue. All right, we are in four down territory. Third down here. All right, third down here in four down territory. I'm going with the Jets. It did open at 10, around 10. It, it has moved against me, but I still think that uh, Sam Darnold and the Jets can keep this close at seven and a half. If you check out actionnetwork.com, there's 33% of the tickets being written for the Jets, but 54% of the money. The Jets are coming in with uh, three extra days rest after their appearance last week on Thursday Night Football. And Jacksonville did not look that great last week. They did not look at themselves at all. Yeah, man, Jets looked good last Thursday. You know, uh, they, you know, Baker Mayfield magic on that game. So I, I can see them keeping that close. Seven points might uh, be a little too much. Don't even bring that shit up. We were on the Jets like a lot of sharp bettors were. And Baker Mayfield never enters that game if Tyrod Taylor does not get hurt. Cleveland does not win that game. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. We were both on that, so that was a bad loss for us. So a little bit bitter, but let's see uh, the Jets come back on this. So uh, I might tell you what that. Hard to handicap off an injury, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but for my fourth down, my fourth and goal play, uh, I'm going to go Kansas City, sticking with the hot team. Uh, I, I learned my mistake last week by jumping train, uh, so I'm going to jump back on board. Uh, KC minus five versus Denver. This is the Monday night game, so uh, KC has won their last five matches, uh, something I, I hope the trend stays with that. Uh, and KC has played uh, three great uh, teams. They played um, Chargers, Pittsburgh, and San Fran, uh, where uh, Denver has barely beat Seattle, had to come back and beat Oakland, uh, and then uh, lost last week against Baltimore. So uh, I just don't know why Denver uh, is – is only getting five points. I think they should be getting more against high-flying Kansas City. So I'll take uh, Kansas and I'll lay the chalk. Ooh, I don't know, man. I'm kind of leaning Denver. We might have to go head-to-head on Monday Night Football. So uh, what do you got for your last down? All right, man, fourth down. My last pick of uh, NFL Week 4 here. You can call it a homer play if you want, but they looked great last week especially the defense. I'm going with the Giants, plus four at home. I think it's actually dropped down to three and a half now, but still over the key number of three. Looks like they're juicing us at minus 120 on FanDuel, but I'll definitely take the Giants, plus four. 36% of the tickets are being written, according to ActionNetwork.com. 54% of the money coming in. And this is a major letdown spot for New Orleans after an OT win versus Atlanta last week. And i got to say it again, the Giants look good. Call me crazy, but maybe they can string uh, together a couple wins here and make it interesting in the NFC East. Uh, Chris, you're not crazy. Uh, I'm actually going to let you know uh, the G-Men's actually my money dog winner this week for the NFL. Really? Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I see the Giants winning this. I, I think it's around 165. I know you'd, you'd like this play. New Orleans, you know, they're going to be tired. They had to play an extra quarter um, against the Atlanta Falcons to win that game. Uh, they barely came back and beat the Colts. So uh, I'm going to actually like the G-Men ever since they took Eric Flowers out of that offensive line. The line seems to be meshing a little bit better. Uh, if Eli can just be at least average Eli or, you know, obviously magic Eli, uh, Shaquan's doing well. He's getting, you know, almost 100 yards a game. So um, I like the G-Men at home. They always play tough at home. Uh, I like the G-Men uh, plus three and a half, but uh, definitely that money line play. All right, dude, I, you, uh, I teased it a little bit before, but my money line, my outright money line underdog winner for NFL Week 4 is going to be the Broncos, Monday Night Football. 
I think I think the party is over. It's a very tough place to play. They have to go to the elevation in Denver. Plus 176 currently on FanDuel. I like that play. Tough defense. Pat Mahomes going to, I think, have his welcome to the NFL moment. I don't know if he'll throw three picks, but, you know, uh, I don't think things are going to come as easy come Monday night for Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Mercedes, that's your guy. He is. He's a, He's been quarterback on my fantasy football team, and I'm in first place. <laughs> it's awesome. Don't you also have Tyreek Tyreek Hill yes, and uh, and Travis Kelsey? Yes, I do. <laughs> are you a Kansas City Chiefs fan now, or what? Yes, my new favorite team. No, Mercedes is a, is a fair weather Los Angeles Rams fan, like most people in that city. We never had a team, and now we have a team. So you had a team, well, just not in your lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say I'm, that's, that's, we're, well, no, they moved away, what, originally in 94? Something like that. Yeah, I was around. You were around. Yeah, I was around. I wasn't watching football, but I was around. All right, guys, nice picks. So any other teams you want to link together in a two-team parlay? Yeah, I definitely got a two-game parlay that I'm looking at. But before we get into that, I would like to announce to all the listeners that Mercedes Barba will be making her debut no. picking <laughs> games against the spread in the NFL only. Yeah. I think NFL only next week, Mercedes' semi-pro handicapping career is upon us. Nice, nice. Now nah, you can do it. Four-down four play. You know, what four downs you got? She got four downs to play. Which ones are you going to play? Yeah, yeah. She's been doing pretty well with her plays, so yeah. I've been urging her to get on the pod and make it official. Next week will be my debut. <laughs> be nice, Twitter. Be All nice. Right. All right, let's move on here to our uh, – what do you got? What what two-game parlay are you looking at in the NFL? So two-game parlay, uh, I'm going to take the – I'm actually laying uh, – this is a two-team parlay that's laying chalk both sides. So uh, I'm not usually a fan of laying chalk, but it's actually not a lot of chalk. Uh, this whole slate of games seem to be uh, in the threes. But uh, first game, I'm going to take Seattle minus three-and-a-half against Arizona. Um Seattle usually owns this game right now. About 68% of the money uh, based off of covers is on Seattle. Um, I just have no confidence in Arizona. I was considering them and Buffalo as some uh, two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, and then Seattle's uh, only minus three. I, I think Russell Wilson finds a way to uh, to win this by more than that. And then I'm going to parlay it with Indy uh, at home, minus one and a half against Houston. Uh, Houston's got to show me something. And I think with uh, Andrew Luck at the helm, uh, they're doing pretty well. He'll steady that ship to more than a two-point win. So uh, Seattle versus Indy is my two-team parlay. Right on, dude. Um, we're actually going with the same strategy here. After last week where we had a bunch of the same games, we had no same games this week, which is nice for the listeners. Nice little array of picks to follow or fade. Um, and I just want to make a quick note here. If there are any, are any listeners out there who are following our plays and making money, don't don't hesitate to let us know. Tweet at us. Let us know on Instagram, at the Wager Pager. We would love to let everyone know about that. All right, my two-game parlay that I'm looking at this week, a couple of games that just missed my best bets list. I'm taking two favorites, laying chalk, just like you did. I'm taking Dallas minus 3.5 versus Detroit. Looking for a letdown here for the Lions. Big win versus New England last Sunday night. And I'm taking Green Bay, minus 10. I think it opened at 12. It's dropped down to 10 now, moving in my favor. Another letdown spot. Buffalo Bills, one of the biggest wins in franchise history. Not, well, at least in the last 5, 10 years. 
I'm taking the Bills minus 10 to the Cowboys minus three and a half. Parlay it, baby. All right, guys, that was Jimmy Dice Rulin, former Marist College defensive back and wager pager contributor. Jimmy, as always, thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, guys. Uh, hopefully uh, we continue the winning ways and uh, look forward to Mercedes giving some picks next week and helping us build that bankroll. So. Ooh, we'll see. We'll see. Tune in next week, guys. All right, guys, that's college football week five, NFL week four. Special thanks to my boy, Jimmy Dice Rulin, for joining us as usual. Take it easy, man. All right, guys, that's it for episode eight. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a review and please tell all your friends about us. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. There you'll find additional video content and all added picks that we decide to play on game day. Good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. (laughs) Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and texts are confidential. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. Bye, guys. Later. The Wager Pager Podcast is co-hosted and co-produced by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Edited by Mercedes Barba. Created by Chris Rogers. Additional analysis provided by Jim Rulin. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella.